0: You're listening to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. Come on, let's everybody stand up and let's give Jesus the glory for all that he's doing today. Today, he's the same yesterday, today and forever. He continues to transform lives by the power of his spirit. What a wonderful savior we have. You may take your seat. Wow. You know, it's, it's as, as I'm sitting there and listening to these testimonies, I don't know how you can be in this room and just not be moved to love Jesus even more after today. After hearing that, who else can transform a life like Jesus can do it? And the Bible says that we defeat the enemy by the word of our testimony, by the power of the blood of Jesus. So every time you share your testimony, you're defeating the enemy. And I believe that through these testimonies, even online and people here, the work of the enemy in people's lives is going to be destroyed. Amen. Because there is hope and that hope is found in Jesus Christ alone. Amen. I believe it with all my heart. Give Jesus a hand of praise. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You know, sometimes we, we go to places and we, uh, after we minister to the sick, we begin to take testimonies. And even last weekend, we were ministering in Houston, and we had hundreds of testimonies of healings and miracles and deliverances. And sometimes, I, you know, I love listening to testimonies. So we spend hours sometimes just listening to testimonies. Because it never gets old to hear what Jesus does in the life of people. How he's able to heal the impossible. I mean, even last weekend, we saw testimonies of the Lord restoring eyesight, opening deaf ears. For him, there is nothing impossible. And when you share your testimony, the faith in people's heart is it's is encouraged because faith comes by hearing and when they hear they begin to believe for the miracle in their lives So I want to thank everyone who already testified tonight because of your testimony many more people are going to receive deliverance and healing tonight Amen because Jesus is going to continue to do the work I'm so encouraged to see what the Lord is doing through hungry generation to see uh, a ministry a church That is hungry for the presence of Jesus and for the power of Jesus. Who is not ashamed of the manifestation of the power of God. Who says we need the power of God in our churches. Amen. And for a church that also believes. This also touches my heart about this ministry in the next generation who's investing in the life of young people for them to also encounter Jesus and be used and fulfilled God's purposes and plans for their lives. So let's give the Lord a hand for the lives of so Pastor Vlad, his wife, and all the ministry team for all the work, all the effort they're doing in these conferences. Truly, truly wonderful to see. and very encouraged to, to be friends with you, Vlad. I thank God for your friendship. Um, and I know we're going to be friends for the rest of our lives, that's for sure. <laughs> it's always good to find friends in the kingdom of God. You know, for those who are here for the first time, weren't here last night, my name is Andres. I'm originally from Argentina, South America. and uh, But we reside in Houston, Texas, and we have an evangelistic ministry where we go all over the world sharing the good news of salvation through faith in Jesus. How only in the name of Jesus you can receive forgiveness for your sins and the gift of eternal life. And then we allowed the Holy Spirit to move and we see miracles, signs, and wonders. And uh, we see the Lord do amazing things and I'm more amazed than anybody else because I know he has nothing to do with me. The one who does the work is the power of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who heals, who delivers and all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise is always to him. You know, when the Lord also called me into the ministry, he told me to take the fire of the Holy Spirit to the young people. And he said to me that the number of people who will receive the Holy Spirit through our lives will be like the stars in the heavens and like the sand of the sea. And, uh, in my heart, I was like, first of all, when God gives you a word, you always think it's impossible. Second of all, I was like, I don't want to be a preacher, you know, I'm going to be a doctor and then I'm not going to speak to the young people, you know, (laughs) like I can pray for the sick, but speak to the young people, you know, I don't feel like I will be able to connect with them. But out of obedience, we begin to also do youth events, not only miracle crusades, but we also begin to do events for the youth and it's been Amazing what God is doing around the world to see the hunger and the passion of this generation for the presence of God is just amazing to see. And uh, this had become our favorite events the youth events. Uh, So I want to show you a short video clip. We were earlier this year, we were in Dallas, Texas at a youth event. So I want to show you what the Lord did in this youth event in Dallas, Texas. This short video clip.
1: came into this world is to rescue you es para a ti from slavery de la esclavitud to sin. Al pecado. There's only one name given to men by which we may be saved and that is the name of Jesus. Hombres, es Jesús. It's Jesus. Es Jesús. He's the one who chose you. Él es el que te a He's tí. the one who sought you. He's, tí. Tí. He's the one who saved you. Él es el que te salvó a because he loves you. And if there's something that we need in our time, y si hay algo que en tiempo, it's not just the message, it's, it's not just to live in holiness, nada más vivir en santidad, but we also need the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit. to show you He wants to use your life as an instrument in his hands. He wants to impact others for eternity. He wants to use your hands to heal the sick. He wants to use your words to share the gospel with others. He wants to use you to reveal his love for this world. He wants your life to have an eternal impact on this world to leave a legacy for the next generation what it means to truly love God from Dallas, Texas the youth of the United States belongs to Jesus
0: Amen, let's give Jesus the glory Every place that we go to, we make a prophetic declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord over that city. And I want us to do that here in Pasco, Washington. Amen? So this is what I want to encourage all of you guys to do, to stand to your feet real quick. And um, I come with my friend Luis, and uh, he's brought a camera. I'm going to look at the camera, and I'm going to say, In Pasco, Washington, Jesus Christ is Lord. How many believe it? That's good. If you believe it, after I say, I'm going to lift up my hand, and I want you to lift up both hands, begin to jump up and down, and give Jesus the biggest shout of praise you have ever given Him in all of your life. You know, we have to believe God for revival in America, amen, for the glory of God to cover this nation as the waters cover the seas, and something powerful happens when God's people shout, (laughs) The walls come down and we believe that the glory of God is going to invade the state of Washington. Amen? (laughs) So here we go In Pasco Washington Jesus Christ is Lord Jesus! 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 Jesus, Jesus. Give him a big hand of praise. Wow. You may take your seat. I feel electricity all over my body. (laughs) It's electric in here. I don't know if I'll be able to finish tonight if you want to see more of these videos like every country that we go to we do a short three minute video and we post it on youtube and it's tremendous what god does we have videos that over a million people have seen uh how god is using social media the internet to take the gospel to places that i didn't even know existed we get emails from places and i'm like i don't even know that country, you know, exists. But it's amazing how today, our generation, we have this opportunity to share the gospel around the world in ways that other generations did not have. And social media, the internet is such a powerful tool. So if you want to receive these videos and see more of what God is doing around the world, you may visit the website holyspirit.tv. There you can subscribe. We will send you these videos for free. You can share them. We're also gonna send you teachings about the Holy Spirit from Israel. We went to Israel and we did a whole series of 15 different teachings from different locations. We're about to release another one from, we went to Bethel, Gilgal, Jericho, different locations in Israel where God manifested his kingdom, his power, his glory. So if you wanna learn more about the Holy Spirit and you wanna know more about his presence, more about fellowship with the Spirit, more about his power, I encourage you to visit the website holyspirit.tv. You will never forget it. You know, I'm so happy to be at this conference because I'm in love with the Holy Spirit. And the reason why I love the Holy Spirit is because He revealed Jesus to my heart. If you're here and you love Jesus, it's for one reason and one reason only. is because the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, made Him real to you. And only the Holy Spirit can give you the revelation of who Jesus truly is. You know, to me, it's amazing. It's just amazing to me. You know, I was in Israel a few weeks ago, and I was walking, and a man who lived there 2,000 years ago, who didn't write a book, didn't do a video, didn't just travel very far, And today on the other side of the world, Pasco, Washington, there's a bunch of crazy people shouting his name. That's evidence enough that he's God. (laughs) You know, if you don't believe it, I mean, who else? There's people 2,000 years later on the other side of the world bowing and worshiping him. And willing, being willing to give their lives for him, never having met him personally. That gives testimony that Jesus is the Son of God. And the reason Jesus is so real to us is because the Holy Spirit revealed him to us. The Holy Spirit transformed my life. One encounter with the Holy Spirit transformed the way, first of all, I saw God. Before, I was afraid of God. You know, I grew up in a Christian church, traditional Christian church, and sadly, one of the ways that religion tries to control you is through fear. If you mess up, God is going to be angry with you. You know, that's how they keep you in line. You know, they don't, you don't want to get God angry with you by messing up. Sadly, we all mess up. So suddenly, you begin to feel that God is angry with me. I've disappointed God so many times. But the Holy Spirit revealed to me that God is pleased with me. And that just transformed my life. The Holy Spirit revealed to me that God loves me. And you know, you hear that, but there's so many doubts in our hearts about His love. But when you encounter the Holy Spirit, you will have no doubts that He loves you unconditionally. The Holy Spirit revealed to me my identity he gave testimony to my spirit that I am a son of God I know who I am I am a beloved son of God not because somebody told me but because the Holy Spirit revealed to me my identity and I know who I am I know I am holy righteous chosen by God because the Holy Spirit revealed it to me how are you not going to love the Holy Spirit without the Holy Spirit we will be confused and today there's so much confusion, especially in this generation, about identity. There's so much confusion that when the Holy Spirit comes, He reveals to you who you are. The Holy Spirit is the one who revealed to me my purpose. I'm doing what I'm doing today. It wasn't my idea. This is not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a medical doctor. But he revealed to me his plans. And his plans are higher than our plans. His purposes are higher than our purposes. And he has a plan, a dream for your life. that eye has not seen, that ear has not heard, has not come up to the heart of any man in history. What God has prepared for those who love him. But he's revealed it to us by his spirit. Because the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. The Holy Spirit is the only one who can reveal those dreams to your life. How are you not going to love the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit will comfort you when you're going through difficulties. He will teach you. He will guide you. The Holy Spirit will reveal to you the very nature and heart of God. That's why I love the Holy Spirit. Because I've seen Him. What He's done in my life, do it in others time and time again. He came. He came. glorify Jesus he came to testify of Jesus he came to convict the world of sin and he came to convict us his sons and daughters of righteousness without the Holy Spirit Christianity is a religion it's just a set of rules like any other religion but with the Holy Spirit Christianity is alive because it becomes a relationship with a God who's not far away in heaven, but a God who's come to dwell inside of you. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Jesus told his disciples, it is to your advantage. It is better for you that I go away. You know, if Jesus would be here, he would say to you, it is better for you that I go away. And you say, how, how can it be better for you to leave Jesus? You are Emmanuel, God with us. I'm talking about Jesus. Everyone that touched Jesus was healed. He multiplied food. He brought us the revelation of the kingdom of heaven. He brought us the revelation of the Father. And he says, it is better for you that I go away. But then he told us why. Because I'm going to leave with you a religion. No. Because I'm going to live with you theology. No. Because I'm going to live with you the Bible. I love the word of God. I love the Bible. But that's not what he said. He said, it is better because I'm going to live with you another comforter. The spirit of truth. And he said, the world cannot receive him. To the world, this is craziness, what we're talking about tonight. The world cannot understand. They cannot receive it because they neither see him nor know him. But you know him because he dwells with you and will be in you. Wow. This is why it's better for him to leave. It's a mystery that's been hidden for generations, but it's now revealed to us, his saints, which is this. Christ in us. The hope of glory. When he was on earth he was with you. He could only be with a certain amount of people at a time but when he left he came to dwell inside every one of his sons and daughters. That's the mystery. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. The Holy Spirit desires fellowship communion with you and he desires to diffuse the fragrance of Jesus through your life. The secret to revival is not smoke, is not a good preacher. The secret to revival is the person of the Holy Spirit. The secret to a life transformed is the power of the Holy Spirit. The secret to signs, wonders, and miracles is the power of the Holy Spirit. And if there's something that we need as a church nowadays, is to return to that communion with the fellowship and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And to say, Holy Spirit, we need your presence. We need your power. We cannot do it with our ministries, with our wisdom, with our knowledge, with our strategies. We cannot do it with all that. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need you Holy Spirit. Only you can convict of sin. Only you can reveal Jesus to people's hearts. We need your presence. We need your power. That's why I think it's so beautiful to have this conference where we can come together as in an upper room. You know the upper room where they came together and say Lord we're waiting for your presence. We're waiting for your Spirit because we need your power to be your witnesses. We cannot do it in our own strength. And Jesus said, wait, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the ends of the earth. And today we're almost at the ends of the earth in Washington State. And today you heard the gospel. And you believe the gospel because the disciples waited for the Holy Spirit. If they did not wait for the Holy Spirit, today all of us will be condemned but they waited for the Holy Spirit and they received the power and they went out and preached the gospel and they saw lives healed, delivered, and saved to the point that today there's billions of people around the world who believe in Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming and for abiding in us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I believe that tonight is going to be a night where he's going to manifest signs, wonders, and miracles here in this place. Because he's here. And even everyone who's watching online, the Holy Spirit will manifest himself to you right where you're watching. He's going to touch you, he's going to heal you, he's going to deliver you, and he's going to baptize you with his fire. And your life will never be the same again. When you encounter his love, your life is forever transformed. I want to speak to you tonight about the signs of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's God. You cannot see him with your eyes. He's a spirit. He's here, you cannot see him. But there are signs that point to the fact that he's present. It's like symptoms. When these signs are present, then you know that he's in their midst. If you have your scripture, we're going to open it in the book of Mark. Chapter 16, verse 14. Later, he speaking about Jesus, appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned and these signs will follow those who believe in my name they will cast out demons they will speak with new tongues they will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly it will by no means hurt them they will lay hands on the sick And they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them. He was received up into heaven. And sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. And confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. So Jesus after being raised from the dead. He appears to his disciples. And the first things he does is he rebukes them for two things. If you have children, you know that many times you have to rebuke them and correct them. And the reason you correct your children is because you want what's best for them. In the same way, when Jesus comes to rebuke us or to correct us, it's because he wants what's best for your life and for my life. He's got his best intentions at heart. And he rebuked them for these two things because these are the two things that will stop the manifestation of the supernatural in your life. These are the two things that will stop you from experiencing experiencing the reality of his kingdom and his power and his glory in your life. First, he rebuked them for unbelief. Unbelief is when he says something but it doesn't make sense or you don't see the result. Therefore, you don't believe it's true. Unbelief will stop the working of the supernatural. And sadly, we live in a culture here in the United States where it's very scientifically minded. Everything has to be proven by the scientific method. If it's not proven, then it's not true. Therefore, when you hear about the supernatural and you hear about God's promises it is very difficult for you to receive them because you cannot prove them and you cannot explain them and you cannot understand them therefore you don't believe and you make up all these types of theologies and doctrines about how this ended This was for 2,000 years ago. This was for the apostles only. And you make all these theologies and all these explanations because you cannot understand how God can continue to do the impossible and miracles and signs and wonders even today because God moves through faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Everything that has to do with the Spirit, you won't be able to explain it. most of it you won't understand. You must believe. And it's not blind faith. And I'm not asking you to believe just anything. I'm asking you to believe His Word. I'm asking you to believe what He said. Even though you cannot prove it, you cannot understand it. Even though you may not see the results, believe it as a child. And you will see the manifestation of his glory. Jesus told Martha, didn't I tell you, if you believe, you will see my glory. The first key is you must believe. And then he rebuked them for hardness of heart. This is different than unbelief. And sadly, this is what happens many times in Christians who've been serving and following Jesus for a long time. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a slow process of hardening to the things of the Spirit. Maybe you look at a preacher or a pastor and they fail or they disappoint you. And your heart becomes hard. Maybe you look at the church and the, you see, at first, everything is beautiful. But then you begin to see certain things that you don't agree. Certain things that they've done, attitudes or things that happen that begin to disappoint you. And because of that, your heart becomes hardened and hardened. And suddenly... You don't lift up your hands anymore. Suddenly, when you just got saved, you had tears in your eyes when you worship. Suddenly, you stopped crying in his presence. Suddenly, you stopped feeling his presence. And your heart has become hardened. And the reason your heart becomes hardened is because you've taken your eyes off of Jesus and you've placed them on men. And when you place your eyes on men and women, men and women will disappoint you time and time again. There's none righteous. There's none perfect. But as long as you keep your eyes on Jesus your heart will remain tender your heart will begin remain soft and as you walk in the tenderness of your heart and yes you walk in faith you will begin to see the signs of the spirit in your life the manifestations of his spirit and then Jesus told his disciples go into all the world and preach the gospel every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. He gives them the commission to go and to preach the gospel. And he gives you and I this commission, this order, this commandment to go into all the world, into all the places and preach. Preach means open your mouth and speak. You don't just preach by your lifestyle. We need to open our mouth and preach the gospel. The gospel means good news. I think one of the reasons we don't preach the gospel is because we don't really grasp how good this news really is. <sighs> Many of you think when you're preaching the gospel you're just preaching a religion. You're not preaching a religion. You're preaching good news. It's not good news. It's amazing news. It's the greatest news you would ever hear in all of your life. What is the good news? What is the gospel? The kingdom of heaven has come near to you. Why don't we preach this? Because we don't know what the kingdom is. The kingdom of heaven is the manifestation when the spirit of God manifests Heaven in a person's life righteousness Whew. the gift of righteousness see the testimony of our sister she was sharing she felt dirty she felt filthy inside but when the Holy Spirit comes he gives you the gift of righteousness he gives you the gift of knowing that you're pure holy Do you know how um, you saw her here celebrating? That's good news. There is no greatest news. I mean, you can win the lottery and it doesn't come close to knowing that you are righteous, that you're cleansed, that you're pure, that you're holy in your heart. There is no greater gift on this earth than the gift of righteousness, of forgiveness, joy. This world, people try to pursue happiness. We have the right to pursue happiness and you see people pursuing happiness everywhere you look pursuing happiness and they never find it because true joy is only found in the kingdom of heaven. A joy that does not depend on your circumstances and peace that surpasses your understanding is found the Bible says in the Holy Spirit. This is the good news. That in your life, you can experience righteousness, joy, and peace. You won't find it in this world. You can travel to the most beautiful country. You can go to Switzerland, and you won't find it. You can go to Israel and walk in the Holy Land, and you won't find it. You will only find it in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, this kingdom has come near to you. You don't have to wait till you die to be happy. You can experience joy and freedom and forgiveness and fellowship with God in this world. It's good news. And you can receive the gift of eternal life. That's the greatest news you can hear. But then Jesus says you must repent and believe in the gospel. You must repent. That's why Jesus said, those who believe and are baptized will be saved. Baptism does not save you, but what baptism represents it that really saves you. Baptism represents repentance. When you go watch a baptism, you're watching a funeral, you're watching somebody die to their sin and be raised again to newness of life with God. You cannot experience his kingdom. You cannot be saved and go to heaven if you don't repent from your sins. You can believe. But if you don't repent, you won't experience the reality of his kingdom. You won't experience joy, righteousness, and peace. Jesus told his disciples, he told Nicodemus, if you want to enter the kingdom, if you want to see the kingdom, you must be born of water and the spirit. You must be born of water Which represents repentance, and you must be born of the Spirit. The moment you repent of your sins and you believe this good news that Jesus paid it all for you, that Jesus was sacrificed on the cross for your sins, that He paid the debt. He took upon himself the condemnation that you deserve. He took upon his body the punishment that you and I deserve. He took upon himself. There's no greater love than that. The cross of Jesus. The love of God and the justice of God being manifest to humanity. He sacrificed for you. He became sin on the cross so that you may become the righteousness of God and you believe it in your heart that he was raised from the dead the spirit of God will come to dwell inside of you and his kingdom will come inside of you the kingdom of God will no longer be near you the kingdom of God will not be in heaven but the kingdom of God will come inside of you and he will seal your heart with his spirit he will give testimony to your spirit that you are his beloved son that you are his beloved daughter he will give you the gift of eternal life eternal life because once you're born to this kingdom once you're born again you will live forever You receive eternal life in heaven with God. No greater news. There's no greater news that you can hear. You've been looking all over this world for peace, drugs, alcohol, money. You won't find it. You will find it in his kingdom. You've been looking for joy. You've been in the pursuit of happiness. You won't find it. you will find true joy in his presence. Righteousness, forgiveness. There's no religion that can offer you that. All the religions, they will tell you, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, and maybe you will be saved. You're not sure, God will decide. But Jesus says, it is finished. I paid it all with my blood. You're righteous. You're holy before God. The Spirit convicts you of righteousness and there's such a freedom in that place. And Jesus is going to all the world and preach this good news. Take this message. I paid it all. My blood has covered every sin. I paid it all. I am the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He who believes and repents from his sins will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And you will be condemned not because God hates you. You will be condemned because he gave you the answer. He gave his life for you, but you rejected the freedom that he offered you. And then the Bible says, these signs will follow those who believe. And these signs are manifestations of the kingdom of heaven. These signs are manifestations of the presence of the Holy Spirit. When the presence of the Holy Spirit is in a place, you will see signs. And we don't look for signs, we seek his kingdom, okay? The Bible says, doesn't say seek first. The signs it says seek first his kingdom but it just happened to be that when the kingdom is there the signs take place and the signs point you to something the signs when you see the signs they will point you to the fact that the kingdom of God is there that Jesus is alive that he says who he said he was the Son of God Signs make the invisible God visible. First of all, Jesus said, in my name they will cast out demons. Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then you'll know that the kingdom of God has come upon you. Jesus said, when you see deliverance, it's a sign that the kingdom of God is present. The scriptures speak very clearly that there is a devil who comes to kill Steal and destroy. There's a bad devil and there's a good God. He is good and merciful. And he comes to give life and life in abundance. Everything that has to do with killing, stealing and destroying does not come from the heart of God. The enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. But Jesus came to give you life and life in abundance. The enemy comes to torment people's lives, torment their minds with fear, anxiety, depression, suicide, confusion. It's like many walk with a cloud, dark cloud around their heads. The enemy bring in torment. The enemy comes through Demons many times to bring sicknesses and diseases not all sickness and disease is demonic But the Bible says that Jesus cast out the spirit of infirmity and this woman was healed There's there's a spirit of infirmity. This woman had a problem with her back. She was bent over If she would have gone to the doctor today, you know what they would have done? Surgery on her They would have probably put a metal plate in her back But Jesus, you know what he did? He commanded the spirit of infirmity to leave. And she immediately was healed. Science will never say that there's spirits. Science will never identify the spiritual realm. But Jesus did. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather believe Jesus over science. I believe Jesus. The Bible speaks about the spirit of fear. The Bible speaks about the spirit of heaviness. The spirit of infirmity. So there is an attack that comes against people's lives. The Bible speaks about these young men who had an epileptic seizure. If they would have taken him to the doctor today, they would have given him pills and medication. Jesus commanded the evil spirit to leave and this young man was immediately healed. Doctors will not do that. Doctors do not believe in that. That's our job. That's mine and your job to bring deliverance to the captives. The way the spiritual world works is who's got legal rights over your life. That's why it's so important for you to repent from your sins because so as long as you continue in willful sin you're opening up yourself to the demonic to come and influence and torment your life and you may experience deliverance but if you don't repent seven worse will come so if you're not willing to repent don't come to receive deliverance You must be willing to repent of your sins if you want to walk in freedom. Because if you want and you receive deliverance and you go back to your old lifestyle of sin, it's going to be worse for you than before. That's why it's so important to forgive the people who abused you, rejected you, mistreated you, abandoned you. You must forgive because as long as you don't forgive and you hold that bitterness, that anger inside, you allowing a root of bitterness in your heart to come bring anger, depression into your life. That's why you must forgive and be merciful. Blessed are the merciful, Jesus said, because they will be showing mercy. That's why you must renounce to all idolatry, witchcraft, Involvement with yoga and false religions. Renounce all that junk. Follow Jesus and Him alone. You don't need nothing else. There's only one mediator. Only one. Between God and man. And His name is Jesus. There is no other way to God. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Everything else, everyone else are liars liars don't believe them you must renounce and you must give jesus the lordship over your life you must submit to god and the bible says that you can resist the devil and he will flee from you he will run from you jesus gave you power and authority to destroy the works of satan When I was coming here, my daughter had a dream. And she said, Daddy, the day before, I was like, I had a dream. We were at our house, and suddenly there was this robber who was coming into our house. And this robber broke into our house. So, so uh, she said, my brothers and I, we ran, and we hid behind the couch, and we were hiding behind the couch. And this robber came into our house and said, you came, and you beat him up. <laughs> And she said, then you turn around and you went like this. And she said, the robber took off running so fast you couldn't even catch him, she said. He's a thief. He's a thief. He's a liar. And Jesus gave you power and authority to destroy his works. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. We don't fight against people. But we do fight against powers and principalities. In the name of Jesus, you will cast out demons. Then he said, you will speak with new tongues. This is a sign, the Bible says, to the unbeliever. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. When you see people speaking in tongues, it's a sign that the kingdom of God is in that place. It's a sign that the manifest presence of God is in that place. The problem is not when people don't speak in tongues and there's no demonic manifestation. The problem is when there is no demonic manifestation and people stop speaking in tongues, that's something that should worry us. Because that's a sign that the kingdom of God is not in this place. Because Jesus said this sign will follow those who believe, they will speak in new tongues. So when you see, yes, so when you see when you see people speaking in tongues, don't be afraid, rejoice. Because God is in your midst. God is in your midst, they will speak. With new tongues. You know, I grew up in a Baptist church and never in 22 years that I was in church saw one person speak in tongues, saw one miracle, or saw one deliverance. I went to church every Wednesday, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night. I never saw any of these signs. Never. And then I went to On an exchange program to Argentina to study for six months, and I went to a Baptist church, and suddenly I began to hear people speaking in tongues. And I freaked out. I was like, What is this? But something in my heart said, This is beautiful. People will weep and pray in tongues. And I remember I was at a prayer service, and the glory of God fell, and we were all in our knees, and suddenly I began to hear someone speaking in English. So I was on my knees, so I crawled on my knees, you know. And I got next to this lady, and she was praising God in English. Perfect English. So after the service, I went up to her. Oh, you speak English. No, I don't know a word of English. She said. They will speak with new tongues. There's human tongues, and there's angelic tongues. It's a sign. When I saw this, I said, I want this. I want this for my life. Because you're reading the scripture that it says to desire spiritual gifts. You're reading the scripture that you can worship God, not only with your understanding, but you can also worship him with your spirit. You know, sometimes you're worshiping Jesus and you say holy. and You're beholding his holiness. And the word holy does not do justice to his holiness. No human word can describe the holiness of God. You need angelical tongues. You beholding His goodness. And you say, God, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. But the word good and the word merciful cannot explain, begin to describe His goodness or His mercy. You need angelical tongues for that. And that's when you can begin to worship Him with your spirit. The Bible says that when you pray in tongues, you edify yourself. You build up yourself. When you begin to pray in tongues, rivers begin to flow from your innermost being, and you begin to be filled with the Spirit. So I said, Lord, I want this gift for my life. So I was at a church, and the pastor made an altar call for those who wanted to receive in Argentina the gift of speaking in tongues, so I ran to the front. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. If it comes from your Father, it is good and it is perfect. And you should desire it and you should want it. So I ran to the front, I stood up, and only one other person came with me, two of us. This other person was a very elderly man, probably like in his late 70s. So we stood up in front of the pastor, and the pastor prayed, and then he laid one hand on him and one hand on me. And I close my eyes, and I begin to pray as a Baptist boy. (laughs) Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus for the gift of speaking in other tongues. And suddenly I begin to hear next to me this old man crying out with all of his heart. I mean, he was praying hard, loud next to me, so much so that I got distracted. So I open one eye, and I begin to look at him. And I couldn't believe this elderly man, so much passion, so much hunger, so much desire. I was watching him, and right before my eye, he switched from Spanish, and he began to speak in tongues. I saw it, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. And the pastor said, in the name of Jesus, amen, go back to your seats. (laughs) So I went back to my seat without receiving the gift, but having learned a lesson. If you want spiritual gifts, you have to desire spiritual gifts. You can't say, oh, Lord, if you want to give it to me, you can give it to me. You have to ask, you have to seek, you have to knock, and you, ha- and you will receive it. <laughs> last, last weekend, we were taking testimonies, and this little girl received the gift of tongues, and she came to testify, and she began to say how what she felt, and, and she began to explain it. And and she was like, and then I was praying in English, and then I stopped praying in English. And I was like, did you pray in Spanish? Because it was a Hispanic church. And it was not Spanish. It wasn't English. And I said, and what did you think? And she said, wow. I thought, wow. (laughs) Even little children can receive it. The elderly can receive it. The promise is unto you unto your children, to all those who are far off, to as many as the Lord our God would call. This gift is for everyone, for everyone. The Bible says in the upper room, every single person spoke in tongues, 120, every single one of them. The next sign, the Bible says, they will not only speak in tongues, but they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. This is when the service gets good. Pastor Vlad, please bring the serpents in. I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's not what he's saying. (laughs) You should not go out and start picking up serpents, no. But it does mean, and I believe because it says it, that if a serpent happened to bite you, it will not harm you. I believe it. It happened to Paul. When he got stranded in the island of Malta, A serpent came and bit him. And the people thought he was going to die because he was a poisonous snake. He just shook it off. He fell into the fire. And the people started waiting. This guy's dead. He said, God's judged him. Look at him. He he escaped the shipwreckage, but God judged him here. He's going to die. And he didn't die. He didn't die. He didn't die. And when they saw that he didn't die, the whole island got saved. (laughs) The same thing happened to Paul can happen to you. There's supernatural protection over life, over your life. You will drink, eat things that are poisonous. It will not harm you. I've been to over 50 nations. And sometimes they put things in front of you that you have no idea what it is. You've never seen it before. You just bless it and you eat it and nothing happens. It's amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) Except one time. I was in Mexico, (laughs) and we were preaching at this crusade. It was in the open air, and we began at six, nine in the morning, we would go all the way to 6 p.m. non-stop. We prayed for 7,000 people, one by one, all of them. So the pastor and I, we would just eat right next to the stage, because the people did not leave all day. It was beautiful. And I was so hungry, and uh, the sisters came and brought me this soup. And when I looked at the soup, I was so hungry, I looked and I saw this tomato. And I said, that looks delicious. So I went straight for the tomato and I put it in my mouth. And when I began to swallow it, I realized that it was not a tomato. It was a chili pepper. <laughs> <laughs> it was a jalapeno, but of the hottest ones, habaneros, that's what they're called. And suddenly, my lungs began to shut. My throat began to shut and I couldn't breathe. Tears began to go down my face. I began to sweat and everybody's laughing at me. And in my mind is I'm dying. I'm dying. I said, I'm going to be a martyr. I'm going to die preaching the gospel, killed by a jalapeno, you know. (laughs) But then I remember the scripture says you will drink, eat anything deadly. It will by no means harm you. And here I am alive to testify that this scripture is true. The scripture is true (laughs) and last but not least it says this sign will follow those who believe they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover lift up both hands to heaven and say this sign will follow me because I believe I will lay hands on the sick and they will recover amen give the Lord a big hand of praise It's a sign. Miracles are signs that Jesus is alive. Miracles are signs that Jesus is in our midst. Miracles is a sign that the kingdom of heaven has come near to us. That his kingdom has come upon us. Miracles testify of Jesus. And God wants to use your hands to heal the sick but it's not your hand that's got anything special it's not your hand that does the miracle It's the Spirit of Christ who dwells inside of you that works through your hand to heal the sick to this to to restore the health to bring deliverance and healing to the brokenhearted it is our responsibility to lay our hands it is his responsibility to heal we cannot heal anybody I don't have the power to heal. You don't have the power to heal. Your hand has no special properties. It's flesh. But there's a mystery. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And when you lay your hand, He lays His hand. And His hand heals, His hand delivers his hands restores for his touch for his hand there is nothing impossible if you want god to use your life to heal the sick you must know first of all it's very simple god is good and his will is to heal all say how can you say that very simple I look at Jesus. I get my theology from Jesus. Not from some famous theologian. I get all my theology from Jesus. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you want to know what his will is, look at Jesus. You know what the Bible says? That everyone who touched Jesus was healed. Everyone. That settles it for me. And to me, Jesus hasn't changed. I believe. Even if I don't see one more miracle the rest of my life, I will continue to believe till the day I die that Jesus' desire in his heart is to heal everyone. I believe. I don't understand it. I can't prove it to you through scientific evidence. But I believe. Not what somebody told me. I believe what the Bible says. Not a book that I read. I believe his words in red. I believe it. Bless the Lord, all my soul. And don't forget any of his benefits. He forgives how many? All All of your iniquities. And he heals all of your diseases. So every time you pray for somebody, pray knowing but his desire and his will is to heal that person. Pray believing that he's a good father who loves to give good gifts to his children. I don't know, I have three small children. and I would never wish any sickness or disease upon them. And I don't understand how people can think that God would want somebody to go through suffering and sickness and disease. I don't understand what view they have of God what type of relationship they have with God in order to believe that God would want that for a, for a daughter, for a son. Not my father. Not my father. If you only knew how good he is, you would fall on your knees in awe you would cry out like the priest that couldn't stand and they just fell out and said, For he's good and his mercy endures forever. They got a revelation of his goodness and they couldn't stand up on their feet anymore. When you have that revelation, you realize that sickness does not come from him. He's a good father. He's so good that he established a covenant through his blood that says, By his stripes. You are healed. It's not only his desire and his will, he established a covenant. Jesus was beaten 39 times on his back for your healing. That's how much he wants to heal. That's how much he desires for you to be healed. That he said I'm willing to be beaten. for my body to be broken and torn apart so that your body may be healed. I'm willing to sign a covenant through my blood not only for the forgiveness of your sins but also for the healing of your body. But you must know that only the Holy Spirit can do it. I cannot heal you. Only He can do it. Only the Holy Spirit can do it. And only when His kingdom comes, His will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Only when the Holy Spirit manifests the kingdom of heaven on earth, you will see the true will of God. You will see people healed, people delivered, people blessed. You will see joy, you will see peace, and you will get to know who God really is. Only in His kingdom you will come to know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's why we say Holy Spirit come. That's why we have the Holy Spirit conference. That's why we want the Holy Spirit. That's why we love the Holy Spirit. Because we know that we cannot do anything without Him. We cannot do anything without Him. So when He comes jesus is glorified when he comes his will is done on earth as it is in heaven let's all stand to our feet
1: thanks for listening to this week's message from hungry generation stay connected with us on facebook instagram twitter and snapchat by using at stay blessed and we'll see you next week